1: It's a pivotal year in the Pac-12 for USC, Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams. Is this the year that they win a Pac-12 championship? Well, it better be as it is their last one. Let's go. It's the number one college football show. I'm pleased to be joined by USC head coach Lincoln Riley. Coach, how are you doing?
2: I'm doing great. Doing great. Thanks for having me.
1: Does 40 feel like it's sneaking up on you, sort of like a blitz that's delayed, or you're not even thinking about it at all?
2: <laughs> a delayed blitz. That's a good way of uh a good way of putting it. Yeah, it's uh I don't know, in this game and and doing this job, some days I feel 25, and some days I feel 65. So uh, maybe 40 is a good, uh, good spot to be.
1: I phrase it that way because I don't know that there's been another head coach, short of Coach Switzer, who's been off to the kind of start that you're off to in your career as a head coach. If nothing else, have you had any opportunity to reflect on just what you've been able to accomplish through six years of being a head coach?
2: I haven't thought about it a lot. I, I did maybe a little bit this summer. I, you know, with coming to USC last year, it was it was so hectic as any new job, as all of us know, as any new job can can be, and was just such a such a rat race. I think at the time. Um, this summer, I had a chance to to kind of reflect. Now that we've gotten settled here uh, in Southern California, I had a chance to reflect on kind of just where all we've been and and the journey and all the great people and the great memories. And uh, it's certainly been a lot of fun, Uh, really excited and focused on on what's ahead, but appreciative for all the memories up to this point.
1: I think it would be cruel to ask you which of your quarterbacks you like the most, and I don't expect you to answer that question. (laughs) However, I am going to say, have you had a quarterback quite like Caleb Williams before?
2: He, he is definitely unique, uh, and I, I think, you know, in, in every way, I think the skill set is a, is a unique skill set, and there's probably some combinations of, the, uh, uh, of some of the guys that I've previously been lucky enough to coach. And I think, I, I think probably the most unique thing about it, though, is just the, I think, just kind of our, our situation together, right, from recruiting him uh, from Oklahoma and how he became the starter there uh, and then, you know, me taking the job at USC, him coming along to USC together to try to restart this, uh, this program out here. I think, I think just going through all that has, uh, has made it feel maybe a little bit different than some of the other guys because the journey has been so unique and, and those experiences that you go through with other people in life, a lot of times are, do, are what binds you together. Um, so I think that way feels, you know, probably a little bit different than the other guys. It dawns on me
1: that he's a Heisman winner that is returning to his program, and that doesn't happen really ever, right? We saw it with Bryce Young, but after that, these guys are usually doing it in their third year, and they're off to the NFL. What have you had to change, if anything, about how you helped prepare him for this season, knowing that the best college football player on
2: earth? Yeah, I've, you know, I really have looked back at some of the things we did with with Baker uh, in his third year. You know, I point back to it, that's really the last guy that, I, that I've had that have played in, in three different seasons. And uh, so it's been fun to kind of go back, uh, look at uh, ways that we pushed and continually challenged uh, Bake throughout those years. Um, and I think just a lot of conversations uh, with Caleb throughout the offseason about, you know, us staying focused on the goals of just continuing to improve and continuing to make this team and this program as good as we possibly can, uh, building a support system around him to handle all the outside attention when you win a Heisman and, you know, uh, certainly doing it in, in Los Angeles is like throwing gas on a fire uh, in, in terms of that. And so you want to, you know, advantage it and take all the good things out, but you also want to be able to manage it too. And uh, I think he's done a really nice job of that up to this point. I'm excited
1: to see what y'all are like in 2023 for a number of reasons, not the least of which is we know what kind of a player Caleb is and we know what kind of a coach you are. But I'm more excited because you have been a master what people are calling roster management. I just say it's recruiting. It's recruiting uh, out of the transfer portal. The guys you brought in are dudes. I mean, from all over. How excited are you to have those guys on your defensive side as well as your offensive side?
2: Well, the RJ, the, the defensive front seven was our, our biggest project, right? That was our biggest project when we took over the job, and then after year one, uh, still building that that room, that competitive depth, the amount of bodies that you and I both know that it that it takes to to have sustained success defensively and to be able to to make those runs uh, deep into the season, deep into the playoffs. Like that's that's where it comes from. I mean, that that position is so, so important, and that's the area that we needed to make up the most ground. So, yeah, based on what I saw in spring and some of the pieces that we've added since then, I'm I'm, I'm really excited to get to camp, to be able to work with these guys, to see how these position battles ensue. And I, I do believe we're gonna be a team that's gonna be able to withstand, uh, kind of the, the grinds of the season, the the injuries, all the different things that come up as you as you continue to climb that mountaintop. I feel like we're building something that's a little more sustainable, and uh, obviously very excited about that. And that's just the defense. Like I, I was thinking about this as you're talking, and you're talking about the front seven being
1: a big project for you. You know, it's never a project for you, Coach. Wide receiver. You know, it seems like every single program that you've had, every season you've had. You've had dudes at wide receiver, whether they're coming out of the portal or coming out of recruiting. How excited are you about this particular crop, where you return four of your top six, you add guys like Dorian Singer, you add a dude in Zach Branch? Feels like that's perhaps one of the deepest wide receiver rooms in the country, if not on the West Coast altogether.
2: Yeah, I think it's. I think it's got a chance to be one of the deeper rooms that we've had uh, in a while. Um, it's. It's. Uh, I tell you what, it is, RJ. It's got a chance to be the fastest room, maybe that 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 I've had a chance to be a part of in my coaching career. You know, which is, you know, we've had some other pretty good ones, as as you know, and and uh, so to see the amount of speed on the field combined with a couple of guys that have some really elite size and elite traits is is uh, it's pretty fun. It'll it'll be fun to see how we evolve, um, and and how these skill sets really kind of all come into play and work together because there is a lot, to, a lot to work with and it's a really hungry group right now. And I know we all have a lot of confidence in them. So hopefully they can take off, make a lot of big explosive plays for us this year.
1: Prior to his injury, Travis Dye was having a fantastic season for you at SC. This year, you added a dude in Marshawn Lloyd that I quite frankly know a bit about. And he's a man that can tote that barge, lift that bell, carry the mail, if you will. But you got to do it behind an offensive line that you're retooling, right? So I'm asking how important it is that, that you get those five guys on the same page so you can take advantage of this outstanding backfield you have.
2: That's a great question. It'll be, it'll be, it'll be vital. Uh, we, we had a really good offensive line last year. Uh, a lot of continuity uh, to that offensive line. Guys really played well. Uh, We returned two starters off of that group and then uh, a couple of other guys that played significant snaps. Then we went and added uh, several more through the transfer portal and and in the recruiting class. We're going to be stronger. We're going to be bigger, uh, a little thicker, I think, you know, potentially be able to get a little more movement, which we're excited about. And uh, and I think overall we'll be a more talented offensive line than the one we fielded last year. So the key, as you said, and and with all great offensive lines is – not just the individual five, but how do all of those come together? And that's uh, that'll be our job here through training camp to, to really help bond these guys and get them playing as one. Because if we do, there's some, there's some really good players in that room.
1: This is a pivotal year for USC for a number of reasons. But for me, the top of the list is it's your last one in the Pac-12 before you go into the Big Ten and take on what I think is one of the two best conferences in all of the sport. How are you trying to navigate what's to come while also maintaining, hey, we need to win the game in front of us, and that's a week-by-week basis that you want to last for 15 straight weeks?
2: Yeah, I think it's it's not, honestly not that hard because mm-hmm. everything about the Big Ten is just recruiting right now, right? Every get person that we're recruiting is going to play in the Big Ten. And so when we when we talk recruiting – Uh, When we when we do anything in the recruiting world, it's all Big Ten focused. Um, When we talk about developing our current team, getting this team ready to play, it's obviously all Pac-12 focused. And so, uh, and I think understanding the opportunity that this team in this moment right now has, and wanting to make sure that we capitalize and put our best foot forward there, is is is, uh, it's not hard to to uh, it's not hard to like be tempted or to avoid temptation to maybe look ahead because you know you got something pretty special right here right now.
1: Last year new kid on the block shows up wins 11 games produces the Heisman Trophy winner you know just like you do at Oklahoma right you're the same head coach now you got a dude in coach prime at Colorado who is having what I think is one of the largest outbursts of attention for a team that has yet to play a college football game what do you think about what's going on at Colorado and how they're affecting the Pac-12?
2: I think it's been great. I, I think I think coach has uh, added a lot of energy to that program. Uh, that, that program has a history of some tremendous teams and some tr- tremendous runs. So anytime I think a program like that anywhere across the country that maybe has been down a little bit can can get back going, it's healthy for the sport. And then you add in a, a coach uh, uh, a coach like like what like coach sanders is that, that has been able to obviously be so impactful as a player you bring him into the college game all the attention he's brought they've been aggressive about rebuilding the roster which listen that's his job like that that's all of our job like you have you have a team you have a university responsible to it's your job to build that roster the very best you can and uh, i I see what he's done and I know the, the listen like, like all of us you're gonna be judged on what happens in the fall but you could tell they've been aggressive and they've been creative, and uh, it'll be fun to, to watch how that program unfolds, and uh, I'm sure he'll continue to do a great job and, and capitalize on the energy that he's created. Well said,
1: Coach. Did you win is how my pops would put it. USC <laughs> coach Lincoln Riley, thank you so much for joining us here on the number one college football show.
2: Anytime. Thanks for having me.
1: I'm joined by USC quarterback and Heisman Trophy winner, Caleb Williams. Caleb, how you doing, man? Living the dream. I hear that, dog. I hear that. So you've obviously seen what people have had to say about your season in 2022, notably that you could be the number one draft pick in 2024. What would it mean to you to be the number one draft pick coming out of USC, the first at quarterback since 2003?
3: Yeah, for me personally, it would, I mean, it's been a dream of mine since I was younger. Um, since I said football was going to be what I was going to do for the rest of my life, um, you know, it's it's been one of my dreams because it, it signifies that, you know, you are the best player or one of the best players in the country. Um, and so, um, you know, that's you know, my goal every year is to is to, you know, work my tail off to be the best player. And so... Um, that's what I've been doing day in and day out since I was younger. And so there's no surprise for when it happens. Um, you know, just gotta keep working, keep grinding, gotta focus on, you know, the moment right now, um, and, 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 you know, get after it this year.
1: So you've kind of been on parade and I say that cause I'm reading you quoted in people magazine, I see you winning an SP for male athlete of the year. I saw you throw out the first pitch with the Washington nationals. How are you keeping a level ahead throughout all of this?
3: Yeah. Um, I think it's just something that comes with the lay of the land. Um, having an understanding of that, like, you know, you work your tail off to be in this moment and then you go do it. Um, it goes back to the no surprise thing. Like you have an understanding of, of of the situation and how the situation goes on. Um, you know, and, and those are just some of the really cool things and cool experiences that, you know, you, you go enjoy and understand the moment um, but don't allow the moment to be be bigger than what the moment is.
1: One of the things that I think many of us took note of as you were accepting the Heisman Trophy for the 2022 season is that you wanted to be playing in the college football playoff. And many of the guys that were there Mm -hmm. were having that opportunity. So how, if anything, can you do? Yeah, what can you do to make sure that USC gets to the college football playoff?
3: Yeah. um, We got a lot of key parts. Um, So it's, it's far from what can I what can I do um, It's what can we do um, and you know are we that team on a mission are we that team that you know our motto this year and things like that is whatever it takes um, and so are we doing whatever it may take Is it finishing past the line and not just getting to the line and things like that two yards after the line is it like what whatever it's gonna take um, to get to what we want and being 1-0 each week um, if you're one and zero, you know, you do the, the math and things like that. You're one and zero each week. You get to week 15, and you're one and zero that week. You know, you, you, you're standing right there, hosting up something that that I want and that we all want, um, and that every, every college player wants to be able to host up. So, um, you know, focusing on that, but also having an understanding that you know, without there's no game that's bigger than the other game from first to last. Um, to championship to, to no championship. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a unique position um, and, and I'm excited for it. It's been a new challenge for me. Um, I've had a lot of challenges so far in three years. Um, and this is just a, another challenge for me, being able to adapt to the team and try and help to the best of my ability. Uh, being harder on the guys um, and it, and it goes back to, and I study these guys, Kobe, Jordan, people like that is, it goes back to the, you know, like if you, if you dislike me, um, I promise you'll love me. If you dislike me in the off season, I promise you'll love me. Uh, you know, when we're all laughing up there in the locker room with our goggles on, um, hosting up the golden one. So, um, you know, I'm, I've, I've been hard. I've been hard on purpose. Um, one, cause I care about them. And all the new players that we have and trying to trying to manage all the the new characters we got a lot of characters funny guys things like that um but also trying to manage that and 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 have them also have an understanding of of like where we're at and what we can do um is huge
1: that's a lot to carry and it's a lot to put on yourself yeah. and it is not easy to have people not like you as a matter of fact. I think you and I can share that. Sometimes I feel like I should just wear a T-shirt that says "Heal," even though that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to do the best job I can. And in you, like you, yeah. you laughing, right? Because does it feel that way? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you,
3: you don't try and be a, a villain to people. No, you don't you, try and be, don't. you know, ruthless you don't. to anyone. You You try to
1: be yourself. You try to be yourself. Yeah. Right. try and be, a, and try and be yourself. yourself. And some people like it. Some people don't.
3: Yeah. Some people like it. Some people don't. And I don't. No, if you don't like it, I don't put that burden on myself. If you do like it, I don't put that burden on myself. Um, just keep being myself. I said this in my in my, in my speech, is that the man that I look at in the mirror every day, I love this guy. Um, and so um, that's what keeps me going every day. That's what keeps me the same person I am today, um, that I'm going to be tomorrow
1: and many years from now. So, um, yeah. Assume that you make the national championship game. Assume that you win the national championship. Really putting an exclamation point on what has already been a fantastic career. But what would it mean for you to be the quarterback that helped Lincoln Riley win his first national championship, if not his first college football playoff game?
3: Yeah. uh, It mean the world to me. Um, um, Just because of how much winning means to me and how much I know winning means to, to that man. Um, to be able to, out of all of the great quarterbacks he's had, been able to coach, things like that. All the Heisman Trophy winners. I mean, if you go look at the, the NFL, he has three guys in the NFL right now doing well. Um, all starting, or at least competing um, for, for that starting spot. And I mean, to be his first QB, to be able to help him reach that goal, I mean, it'd be huge for me. Um, nobody else would be able to be able to say that, and so um, you know, that's that's something that 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 means a lot for me because um, cause I know that's in his dreams, his wishes. I know you get the you get the, the the social media, Coach Riley, but you know, I get the the Coach Riley that that you know works hard every single day. Um, you know that that. wants to win just as bad as any of his players um and so when you got a guy like that um you know leading you in a battle each week and 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 practice and things like that you know it juices you up so to be able to do something like that and and help him and and help him reach his goal while also being able to you know reach the same goal because we have the same goal in mind that mean the world
1: it's certainly apparent how bad he wants to win and while yeah i get the social media at lincoln riley it's not because i'm not interested in the dude that is coaching you as a more so, I think, now than ever, as he is much more seasoned. Have you seen a change in how he gets down, not necessarily his day-to-day, but his demeanor over the years?
3: Yeah. Um, he's got uh, something about coaches that, and this is why, I mean, wherever I go, whatever coach I, I play for, I, I would like a younger coach um, because he's so in tune with learning what he's not doing well and what he's going to fix. Um, and that's something that I'd say, whether, whether it's small, um, whether it's culture, whether it's something small within the team, whether it's something that he's not doing right, whether it's coaching QBs or the whole team, um, and, and, and whether it's his plays. He's always open to learning um, and, and things like that. He's not stuck up on anything. His ego is, is, is no higher than any of his players and coaches. Um, you know it's uh, it's it's he's he's for sure changed but he's changed in, in in great ways and um as you can see for the usc program it's been it's been a, a constant climb up um here recently and um ever since he got here and you know it's just kudos to him
1: this might be your last season of college football right and i i say might see because well you never know but i'm counting on it being your last season mm-hmm. because i expect you to play very well that said, mm-hmm. have you given some thought to just what has occurred in the short amount of time that you've been at USC and maybe how people have treated you since?
3: No, I, I'm gonna be honest. People always ask me about the, the Heisman stuff, or resurrecting USC or the um, all that stuff. And I never, I, I don't know if it hasn't processed yet or if it, I don't know, I don't know. It just, it seems as if, it just is normal, um, in a way. Um that I like it just it honestly just hasn't processed yet. None of the Heisman stuff, none of all the other accolades and I, I mean, I don't know. Um I couldn't couldn't tell you, um that if, that it that life has changed tremendously. I get asked that question, how has it changed? I mean honestly the only thing that's changed is how many production days that I do. Um but other than that I, I uh Nothing's changed. I I, I go work out every day. I I focus on my body, my my food, hanging out with my friends, the things that mean the world to me, playing video games, things that I enjoy mean the world to me.
1: Well, I hope one day it does sink in and you get to feel the full weight of satisfaction that comes with all you've achieved already in the sport. USC quarterback, Caleb Williams, thank you so much for joining us here on the number one college football show. Awesome, appreciate you. I'm pleased to be joined by Colorado Defensive Coordinator Charles Kelly. Coach, how are you doing? I'm good. So, Coach, you're coming from Alabama, which has got a lot of pomp and circumstance around it for good reason. Have you ever seen this sort of pomp and circumstance around a program that was 1-11 the year before?
4: Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, coming from Alabama, of course, uh, Coach Saban and uh, you know what he's done there, Uh, Is just probably second to none. I mean, he's the greatest to ever do it. But to have the opportunity to come to Colorado with Coach Prime and uh, to really be able to change the culture and bring Colorado football back to the tradition that, uh, you know, I remember back in the 90s and, uh, you know, all the good teams and all the good coaches that they they had at that time. So uh, I I think people are excited. Uh, I, I, I think. There's no doubt that Coach Prime has brought that excitement back. I think uh, you've got to give a lot of credit to our administration, our athletic director, Rick George. I mean, he's done a phenomenal job of, uh, of giving Coach the resources that he needs to be able to, you know, do the things that it takes to be competitive and win in college football. And, then, uh, and our fans are absolutely incredible. I mean, you saw the turnout at our spring game and then the, the turnout of the season ticket sales, I mean, that just tells you that our fan base is hungry and they want to be successful, and, and that's what we were hired to do, and that's uh, what our intentions are.
1: I'm curious, Coach, having Travis Hunter on, on your side of the field and on the other side of the field, have you ever had a player that could go both ways like him?
4: You know, Travis is a unique football player. I've, uh, I have i first started watching Travis when he was a freshman in high school. In fact, I uh, saw him playing a spring game going into his sophomore year, and you could just see the ability that he had, first of all, because of his length and size, but he has incredible ball skills, and he's so instinctive. Um, and, you know, I, I think Coach Prime has said this a number of times, you know, in order to play both ways, you have to master one position first before mm-hmm. you can't get spread out between two. So, um, he, he focused last year. You know, he played some, you know, a, as a receiver, and made a lot of plays, but this past spring, he actually worked at receiver on the little things that it took to, you know, to kind of separate himself. And, you know, one of the guys that uh, we had when I was at Alabama, uh, Devontae Smith, you know, we worked him at corner. He he was probably one of our, you know, better corners covering guys. A lot of people didn't know that. Now, we didn't have to use him as much because we had, you know, some other good players. But, um, you know, to have a guy that can do that on both sides of the ball, that is very unique in college football.
1: It's high praise. Devontae Smith winning a Heisman Trophy. That team, that 2020 team is one of the best that I've ever seen. And to get it done the way y'all did in a play year, I don't think we're ever going to see anything like that. That's Tremendously high praise, coach. Uh, another player I'm very excited about, but also I can't wrap my mind around this, so I'm curious, you being a defensive back coach and a defense coordinator, why do you think so many people don't think that Shadour Sanders can sling it?
4: Well, you know, from, from my point of view, I mean, there's a, a few things that you look at when, when you watch a quarterback. First of all, right, Shadour has incredible arm talent. Mm-hmm. He's got incredible hand talent. When I say hand talent, I mean, that makes you be accurate. I don't care what level of football that you're playing. When you're accurate, you're accurate. And if you just look at his numbers over the last two years, all right, doesn't matter. I mean, he shows that he can be one of the top quarterbacks and is one of the top quarterbacks in the country. Now, the other thing that I think, and a lot of times, and I hear Coach Prime talk about this, the most important attribute that a quarterback can have is decision-making. And he makes good decisions with the football. He's a smart young man. He's very instinctive. He understands schemes. He and I talk a lot of times coming off the field, you know, about, hey, coach, y'all did this coverage today. You know, the alignment was here. I could tell, you know, you were doing that. So he studies the game. And... uh you know, I, I'm
1: glad he's our quarterback. Well, Coach, it sounds like you and I are pulling from the same well, because I tell folks often, there are three quarterbacks across this uh, FBS and FCS that threw 3,500, had 40 TDs, and six or fewer INTs. One of them is Caleb Williams. One of them is C.J. Stroud. The other one is your starting quarterback. We're pulling on the same thing there. But he's also a winner. You know, 70 and 8, I think, all time as a starting quarterback in the league. I'm telling you yes. things that you get to see with your own eyes. But I'm most curious. Now that you are here and you give this level of gravitas to what Colorado is doing, being a National Recruiter of the Year, being on national championship teams at Florida State and Alabama, how close is Colorado to playing for championships?
4: Well, what we, the thing that we have to do uh, on an everyday basis to be successful, we first of all have to evaluate everything that we do. So, Coach Prime makes sure in every situation of our football team, we're evaluating what we have every day. All right, the next thing you have to do, you have to recruit. You have to recruit and you have to get people in here that can live up to the standard and the vision that Coach Prime has set. The one, one of the, uh, I mean, Coach is so talented in so many ways, but one of the gifts that he has is he has a crystal clear vision of what he wants a team to look like and he has an innate ability to make everybody in that organization see that vision so we have to recruit people that can you know match his vision and then we have to develop you know it's not one thing that uh, just to have the players there you have to develop them you have to develop them on and off the field and help them be able to create value for themselves. When you accumulate, you know, a lot of people going in the same direction, right? now you can create a championship team, and that's what we came to Colorado to do. Uh, the, as, as you all know, it's been well documented. There's been a lot of turnover on the roster. Listen, the rules are what they are in college football, and Coach Prime – made it very clear when he came in what our job was, what we had to do. I think he attacked roster management probably in one of the better ways that I've ever seen. That's what it takes. We you know, we have to have good players and we have to develop them, and when we do that and we're pulling in the same direction, then we've got a chance to win championships.
1: It's right, Coach, in that I mean, he came into the sport when it was undergoing change, he came into the sport when transfer portal was a thing, and- He didn't need to learn to adapt to these things. These were things that already were in place when he became a head coach. All he's done is win since then. However, I think it's kind of underscored there that coaches, he's an old school type of dude, right? You can't just get anything by him. Somehow he's got this new age patina that people want to give him. But I want to ask it this way, Coach. You're familiar with come to Jesus meeting. When did you understand that, hey, they're going to move differently here in Colorado in one of these come to Jesus type of moments?
4: well there' been there have been a couple of times i th- I think the you know when you know Coach Prime on a personal level and you know what makes him tick i mean I, I tell people all the time his standard of what he expects is as high as anybody that I've ever been around, and he lives it I mean he's a disciplined person himself he worked you know he was the greatest player to play in his sport at his position and it wasn't just because of talent it was because of preparation and he prepared, so he's prepared his whole life he does the same thing in coaching you know so he has expectations and our job i tell people a lot of times he is an architect he designs it our job as assistant coaches is to make it look like he wants it to look. He knows what championship teams look like. He knows what it's supposed to be,
1: and then that's our job is to, you know, to help him do that. Coach, I'm fired up to see what Colorado can do in 2023 and beyond, especially as a man who's been following, well, Coach Prime since he became offense coordinator down at Trinity High School. So I go back just a little bit watching him. Very excited to see what your defense looks like in 2023 as well. Colorado defense coordinator Charles Kelly, thank you so much for taking time to join us here on the number one college football show. Thank you. I'm pleased to be joined by Colorado quarterback Shador Sanders. Shador, how are you doing? Pretty good, man. How are you? I'm good. One of the reasons that I want to talk with you is, frankly, this is not your bag, right? You are a football first person. You want to do everything you can to help your football team win. How do you remain so focused on playing quarterback at a high level at the expense of all else?
5: Uh, just keeping the main thing the main thing. This is just like a little game of football. It's something that, you know, provide for my pops and just for my family. So it's like you put everything into something and, uh, you know, the results you're going to get.
1: It's paying dividends. Like, I mentioned this to folks, but there were three quarterbacks across the FBS and the FCS who passed for 3,500 yards, had 40 TDs and six or fewer interceptions. One of them is Kayla Williams, one of them was CJ Stroud, and one of them is you. So why do you think people are so interested in doubting your ability at this level?
5: I don't know, that's for them to figure out, you know, the stats speak for themselves. and all I could do is just take it game by game, week by week, day by day, rep by rep. So it's like, I can't, <clears throat> I, can't, I can't control what everybody else's narrative and everything. Does it seem fair? No. But at the end of the day, I'm not really too concerned about it.
1: What I'm most curious about is the dynamic you have with your pops because y'all feel like two polars, right? But you balance each other so well. Him being a little bit more warm, you being a little bit more cool, has it always been that way?
5: What you mean by what you mean by him like warm and I'm cool like it just depends on what you mean. Well, so it just depends.
1: Co- Coach, Coach Prime, Coach Prime is mm-hmm. not shy in front of a camera. He knows exactly what he's going to do. You feel like oh, I can yeah. do this, but I don't need to do this.
5: Yeah, I mean, you know, he he he's like fifty something, you know. So it's like he got he got everything. He got experience, he got everything. It's just me, I just know the most important thing is playing. And I know, you know, this is a part of everything. But the most important thing is just getting back on my team and just locking in and, you know, just working out the kinks and stuff like that. So that's where my focus is at all times. His is too, but, you know, he's more experienced in the field. He's been doing it for about 40 years.
1: Well, that that's also a very good point you raised there, him having already played him having already got his accolades and him really trying to put y'all in a position to get yours. However, I've been covering this sport for half my life now, and I have never seen so many people interested in a program that, frankly, was 1-11 last year, but that's before you arrived. That's before Coach Prime arrives. Mm -hmm. How do you adjust to knowing that there's all of this noise and attention being paid to the program?
5: I mean, that's how it was at Jackson.
1: Mm.
5: You know, it wasn't it, it was it was the same thing. A lot of people want to see you fail. So it's just like, um, we don't really pay that no mind. We already been through it before. So all we do is just focus on the control the we can control. And then that's it. But it's normal. It's just every, it's just a new year.
1: That's all it is. Can you describe for me your relationship with Travis Hunter as a wide receiver?
5: Travis, uh, he's right there. Mm. He's weird. But nah. Travis I cool though. Uh, I, feel like, I feel like we think in sync. I think his IQ is on a different level to where we're able to see, think the same thing uh, at the same time in the same moment. Like those one-off situations that the defense presents you that's going to show you an odd coverage we ain't, we ain't uh, go over. Then we both think the same thing. So I feel like mentally we're both there um, to where we're in sync.
1: Colorado quarterback Shadour Sanders, thank you so much for joining us here on the number one college football show. Most, I uh, appreciate it. I'm pleased to be joined by Colorado athlete Travis Hunter. I say athlete, Travis, because, well, you go both ways, dude, and you defy description. How has that transition been for you at the collegiate level?
0: Been the same, man. I just go out there and put in the work like I'm supposed to so I can better play both sides of the ball.
1: Most coaches feel some kind of way about allowing a player to go both ways, splitting their attention as it were. What do you think Coach Prime trusts most about you and being able to do both?
0: I feel like he trusts that I'm going to go in and get the work in, know what I have to do so when it's time to play and time to shine, he know I'm going to be ready to do what I need to do.
1: Your commitment is historic in that you were the first five-star, let alone number one overall recruit, to commit to a program at the time in Jackson State that was in the FCS. Did you realize yeah. what you were doing when you did it?
0: Uh, not, not as soon as I thought of the idea, but as it was going and yes, I did realize what I was doing. I had a lot of people come around me and tell me that I'm doing a great thing.
1: And in so doing, did you, do you feel any pressure to perform?
0: No, nah, I don't feel no pressure to perform. That's what I'm here to do, man. That's what I like to do.
1: So we're heading into this Pac-12 season, and you got some names on the schedule, but I'm more curious about how you are adapting to playing wide receiver at Folsom as opposed to playing Jackson State. I understand Shadur has been your quarterback the whole time, but is there anything different yeah. about how y'all are going about your business?
0: Uh, yeah, we're a fast tempo team. So yeah, we're going way we're different now. I mean our attitude getting us more tired, so we gotta put in the extra work to get what we need to get for the season.
1: Yeah, uh, offense coordinator Sean Lewis has described that offense as riding a bicycle downhill. You gotta be able to solve problems as they're happening in front of you. I'm curious, how does yeah. it operate on the defensive side with Coach Kelly being your defensive play caller?
0: I mean, you, he, he, put in a, he put in a lot of work and a lot of place for us to understand we can get anything out of any coverage. I mean, out of, out of any adjustment, we got to just adjust. Be, you know, it's on the fly. You got to know what you're doing at every time. So it's pretty much like the offense is fast tempo, fast thinking. So you just got to be there to know what you're doing.
1: When you decided to play for Coach Prime, was the top of your mind to try to do what he did in the NFL?
0: Yeah, that's definitely the top of my mind. I mean, you see, I'm still trying to do it, man. I'm trying to be the best two-way player.
1: And in being a two-way player, you already have folks that are doubting your ability, even at this level, even with the accolades that you got as a high school player. How do you deal with what other folks have to say about you and the program? I mean, I don't
0: even i me about what everybody else got to say. They're not, inside. They're not doing what I'm doing. They're not putting their body through what I'm putting my body through. They're not working as hard as I am, so I pretty much just let them talk. They ain't doing nothing but making me go at it ten times harder.
1: You and Coach Prime love to have a fishing rod in your hand. I got to ask, when y'all go fishing, <laughs> who be catching the most fish?
0: I catch the most fish all the time, every time.
1: <laughs> not, not one time has he ever beat you fishing.
0: Nah, not one time. I mean, we only fished against each other two times. So We're going to try to get some more, some more in. But right now, we locked in football already.
1: Ah, right, that's what's up. Colorado wide receiver and defensive back, Travis Hunter, thank you so much for joining us here on the number one college football no show. No problem. Thank you. I'm pleased to be joined by Washington head coach Kalen DeBoer. Coach, how are you doing?
6: I'm great. How are you?
1: I'm good, sir. Uh, I want to start by taking a look back at 2022, which is a historic year for Washington. I don't mind saying so. You had the second best offense in the country behind Tennessee. You had a quarterback that threw for more yards than any Washington quarterback has ever thrown for in a single season. My question, I guess, is can you do it again?
6: (laughs) Well, I think I think there's a lot of things that are hard to replicate, you know. Uh, Mm -hmm. But, you know, we have everyone back. We have, uh, you know, all the skill positions, uh, a few changes on the offensive line, but uh, guys who have a lot of experience returning. And so, um, you know, those expectations are high and we're excited about You know, how uh, they've pushed them, the guys have pushed themselves to be even better and, um, you know, we continue to evolve and add and, you know, year two, there's always going to be some growth too in what you do, uh, whether it be your schemes or just, you know, um, the understanding of uh, what the program looks like year round, you know, and guys feeling comfortable in that. So, um, yeah, we, we, uh, we know that uh, we didn't accomplish all our goals. You know, Uh, we didn't make it to a conference championship. And so um, the guys have stayed hungry, you know, with their eyes on that prize.
1: You won 11 games, so I'm going to be the first to tell you. Uh, I, I was not just surprised. I was shocked to see that y'all were that competitive. And, yeah, you feel right there on the doorstep. But one of the reasons that I believe you're right there on the doorstep is offensive coordinator Ryan Grubb and Michael Pinnock seem to have something that a lot of offensive coordinators and quarterback uh, quarterbacks simply do not have. If you can tell me what that is, I would love it.
6: Well, I, I, yeah, you're right. Uh, those two guys uh, sit in the meeting room every single day and um, you know, uh, are watching film and putting the game plan together. Um, uh, Coach Grubb uh, you know, would be the first to, to tell you that he's got an awesome staff around him. And uh, they just work uh, so well. They're so cohesive. And, um, you know, I think the, the big key is that there's no egos across the board from the coaching staff uh, to Michael. Um, and, you know, it doesn't matter who gets the credit, but uh, Coach Grubb's certainly done an amazing job. And, uh, you know, he knows the plan. He knows the organization of our system, um, what we want it to look like, what the foundation is. Um, but they're going to continue to evolve and grow it, uh, you know, as a staff and and along with Mike. And uh, I'm excited to see. And uh, be a part of, uh, you know, what we do this year, you know, and what it looks like by the time uh, we get roll into December, you know, of this season.
1: Being a football coach at a program like Washington is a lifestyle gig, and I understand that. But when you were winning games and producing points the way you were last year, I wonder who you talk to to help you keep yourself grounded, to help yourself stay on track, whether it be a a Chris Peterson or even a Coach Tedford.
6: Oh, yeah, those guys are are, have been great mentors. Um, You know, I always rely on the coaches that I've worked with. And, uh, you know, I stay in contact. They're not just uh, former former head coaches that I was a a coordinator for. uh, But they're they're guys that are great friends, you know, that I really trust and believe in. And and when they give me information and their thoughts, uh, I know it's real and there's not an agenda. But, uh, you know, it is a luxury having Coach Peterson. <clears throat> Excuse me. It is a luxury having Coach Peterson right there in Seattle as well, um, as you mentioned, and um, uh, it just it's been a fun, you know, growing that relationship with him and uh, the trust and belief I, I have in him and him wanting uh, our program to be great. Um, he's comfortable in his skin and knowing that he accomplished some great things here uh, at UW and, uh, you know, he wants more of it. So um, he's uh, g- gives me great perspective. I think that's uh, the piece that is important. You know, as a head coach is just uh, through those ups and downs, you know, understanding, you know, what what your foundation is and having perspective on why you do what you do and uh, how to move on to the next uh, the next the next set, uh, the next next piece, um, you know, uh, when, when the good and the bad are both hitting you. One of the things that we
1: do in my profession is talk about which coaches develop quarterbacks and how we don't do a great job of. Acknowledging when a coach has picked up a talent that was once great and then helped him rediscover why he was great. I feel you did that with Michael Penix Jr. Through the ups and downs he had at Indiana and that phenomenal season he had last year. What are some of the things that you helped him understand about himself?
6: Well I think when you look at uh, the situation it's very unique because <clears throat> Mike's had some continuity with who's around him too even from a coaching standpoint. Uh, Nick Sheridan, our tight ends coach uh, was with him uh, going back to the early years of being recruited to Indiana and um, when I came in uh, Nick was on our staff and um, you know when I left Nick became the coordinator and worked with Mike in, in 2021 and, or 2020 and 2021. And um, you know, both of them also came into our program, and so you know, there's been a, there's enough eyes. Uh, and again, Coach Grubb is the one that leads the charge uh, with that in his room. But um, you know, I think just constantly understanding where Mike was at, you know, where he's where he's at now, uh, where he was, and um, you know, just the progress and, and the little details that we uh, continue to emphasize and work on, um, knowing full well, you know, the full scope of uh, you know how he's been coached and. And him being comfortable with the people that are surrounding him to to trust and believe that, you know, the things we're bringing up are the things that are important to his success.
1: How important is the wide receiver play of Jayden McMillan and Rome Adunzi to the success of your program?
6: Yeah, it's huge. I mean, you know, you got to have guys to throw the ball to. And. A lot of focus is on Mike, but uh, you know he's got a line that protects for him, and he's got uh, some skill players at all positions, and and you know the highest profile guys that uh, get talked about a lot, of course, are are Jalen and Rome, and uh, f- you know for good reason. And they uh, you know physically have some amazing tools. Uh, they also just um, you know really are are just great guys, great human beings, and just work so hard. And so, you know, they're leaders in our for our football team, and they bring that whole receiving core along because they know they need even just more than those two. Um, Jalen Polk and, um, you know, Jeremy Bernard and and others uh, have worked so hard, and uh, they're excited about this season. Of course, you know, a lot of extra motivation. You know, you got uh, number nine throwing to you.
1: I'm curious how you feel about the state of the Pac-12 and college football in general, given that, We've seen more change in this sport in the last five years than I want to say we've seen in the previous 30
6: yeah it is uh been crazy um you know you got to continue to evolve with the times and i don't think uh just because of what we've been through the last few years that you say that i think that's just always how it's been you evolve with the schemes uh, offensively and defensively you evolve with just um you know um you know society you evolve with uh you know the rules and and uh the opportunities now with uh transfer porter and nil Um, And so, you know, I think you take all those things in and you just got to be understanding that, you know, the way it was five years ago or even three years ago isn't how it is now. And, uh, you know, I think we have a staff that communicates, uh, works together really well. And, uh, you know, we're staying up with those times. My last one
1: for you, Coach, because you kind of hit on it and I want to see if you expound on it. Wanting to be a football coach, right, in this day and age is not wanting to be a football coach in 1995. Why are you still hungry and still want to do this job and and do it at a very high level?
6: Yeah, you know, my passion comes from the experiences I had as a college football player. And uh, the experiences back, uh, you know, uh, when I was their age, um, you know, are what made me who I am today. And when I really take that perspective and go back to my coaching philosophy um, and surround myself with others who have that same philosophy or similar philosophy – um, you know, I think it's, it's, it's what keeps you going. It's what keeps you, um, you know, motivated to, to make a difference in, in each and every day that you get to be around these student athletes. And so um, we get to, you know, coach football and, uh, you know, not got to. And uh, that's, that's the thing, the way we look at each and every day. Um, it's a great opportunity. And uh, along with uh, some things that, uh, you know, are, are maybe frustrating at times, uh, there's so many good, things that happen each and every day, and uh, seeing the guys work hard and have smiles on their face and coming together, um, that you know, drives me even more to, to give them everything I have as well.
1: Get to, not got to, love that coach. Washington Co- head coach Kalen DeBoer, thank you so much for joining us here on the number one college football
6: show. You bet, appreciate you.
1: That's gonna do it for this episode of our Pac-12 Media Day interviews. Be sure to join us here on Friday for day two of our Pac-12 Media Day interviews, which is when I will see you. Deuces.